0: I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you
1: got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys. Boys, boys! Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to Aya versus the Big Boys tonight's fight, the 2020 Golden Boys. <laughs> Hello and welcome, my name is Kevin Cookman, resident big boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, we are struggling in a global pandemic, most of us working from home, the side effect of that, a lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies we know we should have seen by now, but just haven't. Call it the canon, call it the IMDb Top 250, or... Call them the big boys, the pinnacles of cinema, maybe the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time. It's time for a Bro Movie Beatdown. Without any further ado in today's episode, and every episode, I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself, Aya Lehman. Oh, baby, it's 2021! Vampire Weekend has a song
0: about this. It's called 2021.
1: (laughs) Incredible, wow, <laughs> on the money. <laughs> we recorded last in the past, uh, talking about <laughs> the future, and guess what? We made it. You we're we're in the future.
0: Shocking that time works that way still. Haven't updated that yet.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, bud? <laughs> How you doing? How's your 2021 treating you, brother? If it
0: wouldn't mess up the levels of this podcast, I would primal scream.
1: <laughs> oh, <Come on>. man. <laughs>
0: We couldn't record our first episode of 2021 because there was a. go. <laughs> can't even get the words out.
1: I can't even get the words out. Uh, things have been extraordinarily normal.
0: Yeah, is <laughs> having a normal one tonight, boys.
1: Yeah, I think these last uh, four. It's been 14 days. Oh my. Okay, we're only in the first two weeks. It's of, been a, a uh, fortnight 2021. of
0: 2021 wow wow
1: we're fucked (laughs) i yeah i I have not thought of like media at all this past week uh, because i've just been looking after my dog and i've also been looking at the the collapse of of civilization which has definitely aided a little bit how are you how's your cat how's how's olive
0: she's right here she's being a little little monster what's new
1: Perfect, perfect. For anyone listening at home, uh, Olive is the uh, invisible guest of every single every episode. Every single episode. <laughs> Aya versus the big boys. Uh, I'm usually editing out uh, the parts where she tramples the mic or uh, tramples Aya. Usually just me. Her. So, okay, here we are. <laughs> here we are.
0: Oh, Kevin, my brain can't, uh, my brain, I need at this point in time <laughs> on January the 14th, twenty twenty. One, my brain cannot be left to roam at all. My friend, our friend, friend of the pod, Jen Anderson, has... Oh, lovely. uh, One of her New Year's resolutions is to watch movies without looking at her phone.
1: Oh, no. I would rather... I don't even do that. I would rather (laughs)
0: perish. I simply would rather perish. I let my brain think (laughs) for two hours (laughs) to give my brain space. I like when i'm working when i'm like clocked in i have a program on i have bts videos running my my most recent as kevin knows my most recent fascination is per tiktok the i see uh, shanties and i made myself a bts Sea shanties playlist i just needed like Gosh, i need to fuck. yeah i need my brain to just constantly be like primal screaming i allowed myself like two minutes of no music today just to, like pump something out at work and like within four minutes i was like spiraling going live on instagram being like do you guys realize life is a scam <laughs> 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 working to live is a scam <laughs> i'm leveling out my mic freaking out so no well, kevin i, mean- I don't allow myself to think i don't give myself space to think okay i don't like we can't vibe check because like the vibes are horrible
1: bad vibes
0: record bad bad vibes
1: look 2020 i don't think i focused once i I realized looking back at things i didn't finish a single book in 2020
0: (laughs) i did finish a book and i was so disappointed by it that i didn't finish another one don't read normal people, it sucks.
1: Look, Aya, you've regressed even further than how this podcast oh, no. has been Here we conditioning go. you. Here we go. Aya, we
0: haven't even talked about it yet.
1: You're a fucking gamer now. You game.
0: I'm a freaking gamer.
1: I can't believe this. I get you bought a PS five as a dare to yourself.
0: Okay, it wasn't a dare, it was a bit. It's very different.
1: Okay, all right, but you you purchased the incredibly elusive, yes. very rare yes. PlayStation Five they did. on a on a whim. On a whim,
0: it was on a whim. It was as a bit, basically. What
1: the fuck? I dude? bought
0: my PS Five because I love my boys, and let's start there. So basically, my friend, friend of the pod, future, former, and future guest Becca Langle, she was shopping for a ps5 she was decided she wanted to be a gamer girl and she said i want to get a ps5 and i was on vacation from work and as i just mentioned it is impossible for me to be directionless i need a project and she said i'm gonna try to stay up for this ps5 drop and i was like well i have a red card target red card so i will stay up with you for the ps5 drop and see what i can do First night, nothing, but I did stay up till four watching a streamer who I do love and I will continue to support him. (laughs) Second night, I was watching Ted Lasso, smashed refresh at like, like what, 2.15 a.m.? And there she was. And Becca got hers and I didn't get one. And I was like, okay, like whatever. But I kept trying because I was like, okay, like it was a drive up order. What if something went wrong in the middle of the night? What if something happened? And Becca didn't get her PS5. So I just kept hitting refresh and like purchasing and it wasn't going through. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's not going to go through. So I kept like trying and I was like, I'll give up in like 10 minutes. All of a sudden, (laughs) your purchase is complete. (laughs) Your order is processing. Oh my God. (laughs) my God. And I braved COVID. <laughs>
1: you drove to a store to pick up a PlayStation 5.
0: I busted into that store and I said, <laughs> give me my PlayStation 5. Have you,
1: have you played a video game before this?
0: I play Animal Crossing. Does that count?
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs>
0: okay. I, pre- I made my two like only video game purchases in 2020. I bought a Switch, and Animal Crossing, and I bought a PS5.
1: Is this podcast making you a worse person? Yes, Kevin. <laughs> you know the answer to that.
0: worse <laughs> That was your intention, I feel. Wasn't it? Was it not?
1: Yeah, just get you to get like my broken brain. Me That's watching what this podcast matter was. I've
0: watched like, one hyper mask film a week since like, April. And you think I'm supposed to be better? Or even the same? No. I'm exclusively going downhill. I'm exclusively regressing. Literally, all I did yesterday afternoon, I was texting a crush. And they said, what, were you, what are you up to? And I said, I'm going to play video games for the rest of the night.
1: Oh, and I put on no. my Sea shanty
0: BTS playlist. And I play video
1: games all night. You play like... <laughs> The most tossed in the deep end video game of video games. You are like neck deep in Persona Five.
0: I am. It is actually 420 um in the game right now, which I'm enjoying a lot.
1: This is yeah. like uh, this is like if Timmy Thick didn't know he was a Harvard experiment and he just realizes it midway. <laughs> it's like oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I uh, we have seen if not 30 around 30 big boys. On Aya versus The Big Boys. We're watching movies. Our podcast. We're watching movies. We're watching the movies. We're at the movies. Uh, Later in the episode, we're going to present our uh, Golden Boy Award winners. Uh, We want to show some love to our favorite films of 2020 by giving them uh, the trophies that we definitely created on our own. We have physical trophies. Here we go. In my hand. It's a 20-pound hefty chiseled Greek god of a man. Don't drop that, here. Kev. R- Don't drop that. Oh, God. I What's I, I, mean? I want him to drop it on me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> before, before, before we get into the goods of talking about our golden boys of 2020, Aya, yes. how do you feel after eight months of doing this podcast, of watching a hyper-mask film a week, uh, not only a hyper-mask film a week, but watching the so-called greatest films of all time, one a week, where are you at?
0: I feel brain rot. Kevin, that's what I feel. (laughs) Oh, My friend texted me earlier and said, I'm watching Die Hard. Does this get better? And I hated that I had an answer.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Now
0: people text me when they're watching these mask films that I've watched as if they associate them with me, and that's tough.
1: (laughs) Were you approached more in this past year for hyper mask films or for your usual brand?
0: Luckily, I think I'm still on my usual brand. Mostly. okay. Primarily. Right. So we're
1: a little safe right now. Yeah, for, right for
0: now. now, but who knows? Who knows what will happen?
1: The end result so far has been mostly brain rot. Mostly full regression no, into I feel, gamer
0: remote. Is that what we're getting no, at? No, because I've gotten the opportunity to laugh at a lot of tweets about the Godfather. No, I haven't seen that one yet. Goodfellas. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> seen a couple of t- Goodfellas jokes, tweets, and I and I gave him a tee-hee-hee, and I thought, I'm glad I'm doing the podcast.
1: So, looking back at all of our episodes, we've had so far, like even in this the brief run of the show, uh, an incredible slew of guests, oh, uh, a really diverse collection of of movies to talk about. We did a bunch of weird horror in October. Fun. We've done stuff as big as Scarface and things as like weird and like off the cuff as Edward Yang's Yee. <laughs>
0: What fi- like, what film do you feel like you see differently now after we had a conversation about it?
1: You know, I think I may have mentioned this before, um, but I still am pretty shooken up by how not special I think of RoboCop mm-hmm. these days. I
0: forget that we watch that one all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a movie that was always like, I mean, Paul Verhoeven is still like one of like the OGs to me. Like, I love that fucking Madman but, and RoboCop was always like the, 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 the piece, the resistance, like that is his number one. And, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately this has been a really weird year to watch a lot of these films that are ultimately, uh, very like profound social commentaries, uh, all about things that these filmmakers or writers are predicting will happen. Uh, and now we're at a point where these things either have happened, uh, or, or in the process of happening. And, uh, you know it's just it feels so unspectacular to see them call their shot and then leave the mound at just that it's oh. like you know babe ruth going and pointing at the outfield and then walking back to the <laughs> dugout that's how so many of these movies feel and i think like this podcast has been really interesting for me cuz these are all films i mean obviously it's, it's the dynamic of the show i'm like the bro guy and then you know i'm explaining the podcast i'm explaining the joke i was like wow
0: um, tell me more <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think the interesting thing about this podcast is that these are all films that have been really formative for me. Uh, and in this past year, I think so much has been disrupted in how we both live, not only live our lives, but how we see the function of of life itself. To, to boil it down, one of the all-time big boys, Tarantino's and Glorious Bastards. For the longest time, I always thought the magic of that movie was that it's cinema that destroys fascism. In this past year, I've come to the realization with that film that it's not cinema that does it. It is the literal destruction of film itself that kills fascism. You have to blow up the theater. You have to burn all the movies. You have to end it all. That kind of comes through a lot more to me the more we look at the sort of canon classics. Because, uh you know, as, as interesting as a lot of these are and as formative as they are, they ultimately do lay down the groundwork for a lot more. They don't prompt misreadings per se, but they definitely lay a path that uh it's very hard to dig out of. I mean, it's always fun to get on this podcast and figure out what movies mean to me now. Because uh, I think, like, I, I it's difficult to care about a movie right now and I'm not sure if we should care about movies right now every time I talk to you and every time we watch these movies together and I most of the time I do remember oh wait like it clicks like a memory in my 13-year-old brain of like, oh, this is why I love this thing so much. (laughs) This is what this can inspire people to do. And if not that, it can inspire you to have a really great conversation with your best friend on a podcast for whoever listens. So that's often like the net positive of things. But I think it's been a really interesting journey to look at these films from an entirely new perspective, each and every single one. But... To answer your question, Robocop for some reason now sucks. It's really weird and I don't like it.
0: That was a bad movie. I really wish I liked that one because I was like, everyone you were lit. Everyone was lit. I thought it was fine. We were so
1: lit. People are still lit.
0: People love them some Robocop.
1: Well, what about you, Aya? Like what from this list I guess I mean I, you make it pretty clear which ones from this list you you, you really enjoy. And what have been your favorites? And, and, you know, we can tell because we, we, those are the ones that we've referenced the most. Yeah. Is there anything that we've talked about that has really surprised you that you dreaded going into an episode for maybe, or was something that really felt like homework? And then you came out at the end and like, wow, that was actually a proper use of my time. (laughs)
0: Um, I think generally, and like we kind of went off on this on like our last episode, which is so lame. I have always been kind of uh, uncertain about Paul Thomas Anderson. I hate myself, <laughs> but I like I. I mean, I love. I'm a threadhead, as we've talked about, but like I didn't like Inherent Vice, and like everything I've heard about him has been so exactly what this podcast is. You know, like it's just dudes being like, I love him, and so I, I was nervous to watch his movies because I was like. Again, I really didn't like Inherent Vice, and I was prepared for them all to be more like Inherent Vice, but I've discovered that I find him incredibly fascinating, and I'm so annoyed by that, but I, re- I like, really <laughs> like a listener of the pod, friend of the pod, Trevor Dillon, posted about how he... Was like oh on New Year's Day he was like well I'm gonna listen, watch a bunch of PTA movies and then I'm gonna listen to I and Kevin make fun of me for being a PTA fanboy and I literally replied to him and was like unfortunately I'm now a PTA fanboy <laughs> like I'm I am no better than you sir like we are on even ground now and I thought that was funny and I didn't expect that to happen but I'm I've so far really enjoyed his
1: that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that being a PTA fanboy has been like the most big boy development in your in your taste or has there been something else on this list that has like ingrained itself more on on what you have previously enjoyed?
0: I think that watching Seven rewoke something in me. I mean, we talked about Fincher Law on this podcast, but like that was always a bad quality that I already had being obsessed with that man. And I feel like watching Seven and then like Mindhunter 2 was part of that, which wasn't covered on this podcast, but was spiritually covered on this podcast. It really awakened something in me. Uh, because I, I I was, like, having a conversation with my friend about Mank yesterday, because, like, now I feel like everyone's, like, catching up on these things now, and I'm, mm-hmm. like, I've seen them all now, and I and I feel like that's also a douchey thing that I have now, where, like, they're asking me questions about Tenet, and I'm, like, here's my article that I read that was, like, really fascinating in, like, the, uh, all the, the breakdown of Tenet, you know? But we were having a conversation about Mank and I was like, oh, I'm like qualified to say that like this scene is one of Fincher's best scenes because I've literally seen all of his movies. Now. <laughs> I mean, to go back to the beginning and what I said earlier, the Goodfellas thing was really surprising to me. I didn't. I That was a huge surprise, but I was going to really enjoy Goodfellas. And then I like love I feel like superior now when I see one of those joke tweets like that tweet that was like all the fucking people from the the coup getting arrested set to Layla and I was like this is hilarious because it is a classic cinema reference that I oh understand my
1: God. <laughs> why do you think you feel like such a douche why do you think that's that's the feeling that comes to to mind for you
0: um because I have spent years campaigning <laughs> About how being this way makes you douchey, but I suppose that like because I am not a like a cinema film bro white dude, it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not when you're, when, when you're you. It's it's called being cultured. I'm
0: like it's actually kind of chic of me to know all. This. <laughs> no it's terrible it's it's so it's like nightmarish but I'm glad to like but now I feel also like it's it goes hand in hand with like being informed enough to be able to like criticize and comment on the culture of like bro dude you know film bros um because before I felt it was like as much as I could like roast them I also could not say that I had seen any of the movies that they were like gassing up and so now that I'm like watching all of them I'm just like I've got your freaking number boys (laughs) and you're right most of these movies do slap
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, that's the most unfortunate conclusion. When something that has the worst fan base ends up being pretty poggers, but, like being oh, pretty fire. No,
0: that's not welcome on this podcast. We're not there Yo, yet. The more, We're not there midway yet. Midway in this
1: po- midway through twenty twenty one, you are going to be streaming on Twitch and you are going to be plugging at the end in the rigmarole.
0: Wow, my watch my Twitch stream. But again, like I, per the conceit of the podcast, a lot of the things that the dudes like, I am still learning are like it's the things they like about this media is incorrect <laughs> or like at what this media is actively working against. And so I, I think I'm still like, it's cool to be able to like collect that as well. And like, understand that the point that I was making before, like it still holds and I have receipts now.
1: I think what's really fun about 2021 is that, you know, when we first started <laughs> okay, off
0: the show, tread lightly.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look on the brightest side of life here. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. Absolute most positive outlook uh, Look, comparing it to 2020, in terms of our podcast, when we started this thing off, we had to like really choose carefully of like, okay, what are things that are like official big ass big boys that'll get people in the door, that'll kind of like set off the tone. We had some heavy hitters, you know, we had Goodfellas, Drive, Blade Runner, Mulholland Drive. Now here we are, 30 movies later, oh. uh, here in 2021, we do kind of have more freedom to explore what a big boy is different types of big boys we've already kind of done that we i mean that stretch of episodes we did that was borat dazed and confused good time yee yee and then mank that was insane (laughs) that was crazy was
0: mank at the beginning of j of december
1: yeah we reviewed that the day after it dropped on that literally
0: feels like it was a year ago dude
1: (laughs) for ever ago. <laughs> and I think what I'm I'm really excited about with with 2021 is that I feel like most of our weeks can basically be that week. We have a, a master list of like 400 films that we can talk about on this podcast. Like the options are are endless. So we don't really have to go straight to all-timers every single time because honestly that would be exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> we can really uh, spruce it up. And I think with the schedule that we have kind of tentatively planned for this year, I th- we have some like really insane shit that we're going to talk about uh, and I, you know, if there's anything to look forward to in 2021 it's that yeah,
0: absolutely, <laughs> yes, yes, it's true it's true, we have created art and we get to enjoy art and that is sick and that is wonderful and it is nice to share that with a friend <laughs> What was your fave, Kev? Yeah. What was your fave, Kev?
1: My favorite thing that we've watched yeah. in this entire run? Yeah. Oh man. Even what I mean, what was your
0: favorite uh, conversation? Like whatever you want. Define that however you want.
1: my favorite conversation with Aya Layman. What is Oof. that even? <laughs> what is that?
0: Dark. That's that that can go many ways. Reach back into the recesses of your mind. 2018. <laughs> what do we bet.
1: God, when have I ever enjoyed talking? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, uh, you know, you know, you know, buddy, what you buddy? know, buddy. What, buddy? Sometimes there's...
0: there's... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I can't even, can't even free and say one thing. <laughs> one nice thing. Oh, my God, he's holding a grenade. <laughs> he can't even say one nice thing. He's got to end it all.
1: <laughs> the pen is in my mouth. <laughs> Sometimes there's no better time than the first time, baby. Oh. There's really never a time where I'm thinking, huh, we should probably fix the podcast. I think like every time we do it, it's like, oh no, we show up and we know exactly what we want to do. We can kind of like mind read each other. We, we get what we want at the end of the day. And uh, we just naturally made it out of, Our Fight Club, Goodfellas, and Drive episodes, which are also just like Fight Club was a weird first episode because we had both seen the movie. Mm -hmm. Goodfellas was like the first proper you'd never seen the movie. And then we both loved it. And it felt really great to talk to someone about something we loved during like the most uh, unknown part of the pandemic. (laughs) And then it felt even better somehow to talk about Drive where we we could just... (laughs) fucking bash this movie's fucking brains in (laughs) like those first three were just the perfect emotional range of like let's just do everything that we can ever do this was a lot of fun let's do it for 27 more episodes oh
0: that's beautiful that's beautiful
1: (laughs) (laughs) what about you do you do you have any particular episode standouts
0: um i mean obviously the one that you uh, you were not on (laughs) I love... Okay, I loved our Matrix episode that was famously hated. <laughs>
1: oh, my I God. I re-listened
0: to it and laughed because I refused to... Again, okay, this is actually a great opportunity to discuss. I actually like The Matrix now. I re-watched it with Kelsey. You we, do? We, wow. We re-watched it the weekend and we got our tattoos, and we parsed it out. Like, we literally... <laughs> we paused every, like, ten minutes, and I would, we would, like, discuss what the scene we had just watched, like what certain imagery meant. Like, we we parsed the freaking movie. And out, out, it took us, like, three and a half hours to get through. <laughs> maybe more. Maybe four. And afterwards, I was like, I really liked that. And she was like, I'm glad.
1: <laughs> Since then, I've seen Matrix Reloaded. Well, we, we both like, no,
0: we this is a Matrix Reloaded household.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a Matrix Reloaded podcast. We both, this is a no, safe space. The
0: Matrix Reloaded slaps. <laughs>
1: That movie goes so fucking dummy hard. <laughs>
0: hard. <laughs> oh
1: so my good. God. Kevin
0: had not seen it. And me and Kelsey, I, as everyone knows, I had to finish the filmography and we were watching Reloaded and I was texting Kevin like, you have to watch this movie as soon as you <laughs> physically can.
1: That's my holdout with the first Matrix is that it feels a little too confident that it's an actual movie yeah. when I just want it to be stupid as rocks. And then Matrix Reloaded is actually just stupid as rocks. Dumb
0: as hell. <laughs> Dumb as hell. I liked all the episodes where I um, blew your mind, like The Exorcist, where you got really mad at me, and.
1: Was- <laughs> well, the through line is that you usually blow my mind when it comes to me trying to parse through your emotions. <laughs> and it's like, what scares Aya? What makes Aya laugh? What is happening? <laughs> that's basically every time we look at a genre movie and those are involved. That's what happens. Yeah.
0: Exorcist was great. I loved our conversation about fear, I thought that was so cool. Um, and I love. I loved all the ones that my friends were on. Yee Yee was so freaking fun. To have two guests was so freaking fun. I loved having Albert on. Can't wait to see him again. Dory, people have told me they love Dory's episode because we just go, you let us go buck wild, which is all that really needs to happen. We met Allie. That was so fun. We met, well, I reunited with my girl Hillary. That was super fun. Like we just, Rachel. Rachel!
1: Ugh god rachel the god jesse who was our first ever guest first
0: ever guest thomas on heat
1: you i'm always worried that like oh i hope this goes well i hope this goes all right uh just you know it can be weird going onto a podcast you know because every time most of the time that we have people on it's people that we really love and appreciate and like love hearing from and want to the, like their voice to be on record and they've never been on a podcast before and so I'm a little nervous of like I hope this goes well and it turns out it, we, they're like they come to it like they're naturals it's like riding a bike we're it's incredible because
0: ha- we're just having a chat we're just having a freaking we're just chat we're having a nice
1: chat and I love I
0: also loved our I love all of our episodes but I love our stepbrothers episode where we had to like take a break in the middle because my brain broke <laughs> <laughs> Who's the hottest boy of 2020 of the films that we watched?
1: Do you already have one like on lock? I have three. Who are the five hottest of all the movies we've talked about on this podcast so far? So
0: we start off with Mr. Ryan Gosling from Drive because that changed me. As you remember, I did not think Mr. Gosling was hot and that really messed me up. Number two, the classic. We have uh, De Niro in Goodfellas. Three, of course, is Mr. Robert Pattinson of Mm. Good Time and Tenet. But he just gets, like, an honorary, like, Mr. said. I suppose Ryan Gosling does, too, because he was also in Blade Runner 2049. He's very sexy in that. Yes, he is. Number four, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Wow.
1: Still. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Am I wrong? He looks horrible in that you movie. You know I think he I'll looks you...
0: so good in that movie. I
1: know. I red know. Red and sweat. it's so funny
0: that that is the honorary like uh, he gets a pass be- he gets like a shout out because he was my childhood crush and then of course number five the number one the ultimate the hottest boy the hottest boy of my life it has to be freaking keanu in the matrix neo because wow that film specifically <laughs> sent me on a two-month-long manic <laughs> episode <laughs> and now i have a tattoo Jesus so it's gotta Christ. be
1: Christ. <laughs> I got to shout out Robert De Niro and Goodfellas as well. Just the Just. way he rocks that forearm tattoo to this I day. I can't even talk about it.
0: I can't talk about Oof. it. Roll, I roll love myself. that ketchup in his hands. Mm. Mm. Uh,
1: you know, Sybil Shepard and Taxi Driver uh, is an essential. Oh, Some Terry McMinn in Texas Chainsaw oh, Massacre. Of course, of course, of course. You know what? The video game designer in Yi Yi, I think, is very attractive. And you know what? Uh, the I can't believe you didn't mention our good fucking pal Stephen Bauer in Scarface. Come on, so come on, <laughs> so fucking stud.
0: Oh, he's and you know hobby. what? And you
1: know what? If you choose Tom Cruise in Top Gun, who is a disgusting choice, then I will do my disgusting choice: oh. Maria Bakalova in Borat subsequent movie film. Woo! I
0: want this podcast to end. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to end. I'm, I'm done. It's over. <laughs>
1: No Borat, daughter. No more podcast. No.
0: <laughs> it, Kevin.
1: Eat it. Aya, Kevin. Uh, we've had an incredible run so far, yeah, this and been fun. Uh, uh, I've had the best time. And you know what? We're gonna do it for a whole another year, yes! baby. More,
0: <laughs> more quarantine,
1: more brain rot action.
0: Hell yeah, brother.
1: Let's let's get to the main course of this episode.
0: Yum yum. Mm mm. That was just the appetizer, baby.
1: That was the apps. That was the, the, the dinner salad. And now, welcome to the filet. This is the inaugural first ever Ugh. Aya versus the big boys, the golden boys. boys. Welcome to the golden boys, folks. The Here's how it's going to work. <laughs> Whew. We want to show some love to our favorite films of the year. 2020, which, historically, probably the worst year for film since, like, 1947. Historically. Like, just, oh, boy, this is, the, the, 2020 is a year that, is there a worse year, Aya?
0: Oh, Kevin.
1: <laughs> Loaded question. I Big question. I will say
0: 2016 was personally very dark for me, as well as, like, globally politically very dark, so I, I'm going to say 2016, but in 2016, I could leave my house.
1: We're not going to do our top five of 2020. We want to spice it up a little bit. We want to hand out these. Oh, let me bring this guy out again. Oh, these okay, big don't old draw. chunkers.
0: Uh, you keep almost dropping it. I'm really scared.
1: I I can do it with one hand. Okay. okay? okay. okay. I'm a strong boy. Okay. I know. can do it. All, All right. right. Okay. 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 This is our golden boy. Uh, each of us has one of these big old chunkers. Uh, this is our first place of the year. Mine Next is tip. sitting on <sighs> the floor
0: as I, very carefully. I don't want to lift it and hurt anybody, inclu- especially myself. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, we have some that maybe you you can lift, Aya. We have these this bronze boy <laughs> and this silver boy. Uh, I think these I'm two little types. I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna do our top threes of the year, and uh, I don't know. We're gonna try and find some good in 2020 because God knows that's fucking difficult to find.
0: Oh God, here we go,
1: Aya. Before we dive into this, mm-hmm. um. Do you have any honorable mentions, any films that didn't quite make this this top three Olympic upper echelon for you that you want to shout out?
0: I don't want to admit it to myself or anybody else, but I did really enjoy Tenet. Uh, I thought it was very fun. The one scene from Mank where uh, Hearst kicks Mank out of Hearst Castle is one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in my life in cinema. Um, gosh, Kevin, what the freak? Oh, I saw like, the hedgehog. <laughs>
1: Okay, all right, I'm cutting I off. saw it in theaters.
0: <laughs> it's one of the last movies I saw in theaters. Okay, I loved me some freaking Sonic. Okay. Because I got to go okay, see okay. it in
1: the theater. <laughs> I thought Boy's State, which is currently on Apple TV+, Plus, uh, was incredible, premiered at Sundance. Uh, it is a really interesting documentary about how Gen Z is not going to save us. Look, I understand. Maybe that's not the message you need right now. I understand you love fetishizing these kids on TikTok. TikTok. Go for it watch more if you need that boost in your life um but this was uh it's a very sobering portrait of what kids on the internet in- entering politics uh what that actually results in um i thought it was terrific and Clearly definitely you haven't not
0: heard driver's license yet kevin <laughs> the gen z I... anthem <laughs> i'm
1: going to uh drop this golden boy on my fucking skull
0: do it do it <laughs>
1: And you know what? I also want to shout out a film that, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I thought this would maybe be like a minor indie hit, um, but it just got completely uh, shelved. Um, This is uh, an Iranian film by Musad uh, Bakshi called Yalda, A Night for Forgiveness. And I think this is a movie that no one has seen, no one has heard about from this year, no one talks about from 2020. It is this insane movie all about this young woman who is charged with murdering... She's like 19. You did tell me about She's this. like charged with murdering like her 43-year-old spouse. Good for her. Maybe pushed him down a set of stairs, maybe didn't. Hell
0: yeah.
1: How the court case goes is that she goes on live television on a reality show where the the victim's daughter has to forgive this young woman on live TV in front of a, uh, a studio audience. If she does forgive her then that's it. She gets to go free. But if she doesn't, it's literally the death sentence. Ah! And so it is this fascinating look at, uh, at reality television and how we perform in front of others, what our self in front of the camera means and what we put off on our persona versus what we uh, really truly hold in, with our uh, within ourselves, and uh, you know, uh, we've been on Zoom for almost a full year now. Uh, we've been looking at parasocial relationships on the internet, and uh, that's a movie that has really stuck with me a lot through this because it's just uh, maybe this isn't the way things are meant to be. Maybe you know, maybe this is the world, the way the world is going to be, but maybe this is really not the way. Cognitively and mentally, humans are meant to develop emotional relationships.
0: (laughs) I will say I forgot to give shouts to Shirley, which I feel was really fun. Oh, yeah. Kind of prophetic in a way because that woman did not leave her house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We should have fucking known. We should have known. known. Aya. Yes, Kevin. Here we are. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to hand out some awards?
0: I'll hand out some awards.
1: Who wins your bronze boy of 2020?
0: Kevin, my bronze boy. You thought about it. I thought about it. This year we thought about ending things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking
1: uh, very bleak. <laughs> very bleak.
0: I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm thinking about ending things.
1: This is the film, by the way. The name of the movie this is, the is I'm movie, Thinking of Ending thinking things. things. Now streaming
0: on Netflix.com. <laughs> um, I did not know what I was getting into with that movie. I had never seen a Kaufman film before in my life. I had no idea. I just knew that I love me some freaking Jesse Buckley. I love Jesse Plemons. Who doesn't? To- Miss Tony Collette. David Thewlis even. Lupin. Um, I did not know what to expect. And I just loved like, the mystery around it. I was obsessed with the fact that people were texting me, have you seen this movie and what the hell does it mean? Addicted to the fact that Jen Anderson, front of the pod, had to Google, like, what happened and I'm thinking of many things. And that the entire film she was texting me, what do you think that means? What do you think that means? What do you think that means? Oh my god. I was obsessed with every second of it because at the same time I, like, was hyper-analyzing everything. I was also just kind of letting myself vibe through it. I loved it. I feel like all three of my top three favorite movies this year, like I said, like Shirley, prophetic. I'm thinking of anything's partially trapped in a house, partially trapped in a car. You're just kind of trapped with your thoughts. And that is the entire film is being alone with your thoughts and just being obsessing over past relationships, past uh, the dumbest things you've ever done in your life. And simultaneously considering what could have happened in your life that didn't happen. If that wasn't freaking 2020, I don't know what was. Uh, I loved it. I thought – and I, I didn't even realize it until I was writing about it for Mary Garonne Magazine. <laughs> Read our top 20 movies of the year right now. Um, And I just realized how much that movie – how freaking fun it was. It's not – I don't know if it's supposed it's to be – weird, it's yeah. It's really fun. And I just really, 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 really enjoyed it. And I think – in a quote-unquote normal year, I would have maybe ridden harder for it if I like saw it in the theater and I was like, no, 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 guys! But did you guys see? I'm thinking of endings, <laughs> and everyone would be like, I let it go."
1: <laughs> I think that movie came out at like such a perfect time because we were really trapped in this uh, like woesome tedium by mm-hmm. the time this movie came out, and it was a very i i i was open arms to this puzzle of a movie. You know, yeah. I was kind of really open to embrace something that. You know, maybe on a, a normal year, I would be more annoyed by how obtuse <laughs> it was. Uh, but I think like this year, I was like, you know what? Let's try and crack this little little, little puzzle out. Let's figure crack this thing nut. out. And I think when you, when you do crack that nut, I think you get some really stark realizations about yourself and uh, the people that you've been in relationships with mm-hmm. and the people that you thought that you were in relationships with. Uh, I think that that movie really unlocks a lot. I know a lot of people like to slag on that film, and you know I think Charlie Kaufman lays it on pretty thick at times, and I think maybe those are sometimes the worst moments of the movie when he starts talking. Yeah, but I, I do think that it's it's pretty cocky to assume that you know everything that that movie is saying. Oh, that you yeah. already have acknowledged all those things, you know. That movie really summons a lot of like demons and and sort of like inner vices that you just you don't want to poke at. That this film not only has fun poking at, but uh, really wants to figure, really thinks that life's greatest answers are in those poking of those vestiges. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. What's your number? What's your bro- who's your bronze baby?
1: My Bronze Baby, My Bronze Boy is a movie that you probably will never see. Uh, and, and that's yeah, okay. brother. I, it's definitely a very uh, certain audience that this is meant for. And it's meant for degenerates. And uh, maybe one day you'll become, you're on the Pink fast man, track we'll to see. be a, yeah. a true degenerate. <laughs>
0: Don't count me out just yet. <laughs>
1: um, I'm talking about, uh, My Bronze Boy goes to Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Oh,
0: Possessor.
1: This is a film that, I think works on so many levels, you can watch it as like this midnight movie that just craves your bloodlust and just like is the sickest, weirdest shit that you've ever seen. It's just dicks and voyeurism and like fire pokers going into Jaws. It's like really graphic stuff. But if you really want to uh like uh Approach it and analyze it with what it's actually saying you will then get one of the most depressing things you'll ever see So that's why I think this is like in a really select niche of 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 audience because You're either going to get the most violent movie you've seen in a decade or the most Viscerally upsetting film that you've seen in a decade and I say it's so upsetting Because like this is a movie about violence that is ultimately saying what if some people are most calibrated to enjoy playing with blood
0: prescient with the army hammer news oh let's not no do no, that no no, no, today. no. <laughs> let's
1: not do that today <laughs> but you know we live in in not only an american culture but like a global culture that is basically uh turning human beings into drones uh and it's like that same uh, uh mechanization of of us and and uh, this movie posits, you know, not only is that working, uh, but what if some of us end up really liking it? <laughs> and where does that take us? I think this movie is fascinating. I think I could watch it tons and tons of more times. And the fact that I can pivot, I can like light switch between what I want it to be on a given viewing, I, I like that in my movies a lot, where if I really want to tap in and have a certain experience, I can. But if I want to just have a visceral aesthetic experience, I can do that too. And I think... Brandon Cronenberg is doing some crazy shit that is similar to his dad and we'll probably talk about his dad's film sometime oh God, this yeah. year. Uh, that guy, Christopher Abbott, who was in Girls oh, he's and just keeps popping hot. up in indie <laughs> films. Very hot. I think if you think he's hot, this is the movie to watch him in.
0: Is by he by. also in Black Bear? He is. Yes.
1: Yeah, and I think he's terrific in that movie as well. Uh, he, this was an incredible year for him and I'm really bummed that uh, all these films had to go straight to video because this could have been pretty major because I, I, these two performances that Christopher Abbott puts in in Black Bear and Possessor are just like Hall of Famers for him. Like those are things like he could retire now and he will be like up there amongst like our, our Jesse Plemons and shit. Wow. So my bronze boy goes to Possessor. Aya, let's uh, pick up this slightly heavier trophy over here. Uh, we have a Silver boy. Silver
0: boy. My silver boy goes to exactly who I knew it would go to. First time I saw the trailer. Uh, I didn't even saw the trailer, just like read the description. My silver boy goes to uh, Sundance. Sundance's highest acquisition of all time by 69 cents. Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> and uh, the Hulu darling of the year, Palm Springs, starring Andy Samberg. Um, I am a parody of myself. <laughs> and when I was a child, I... Don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast before. My dad and I used to watch Groundhog Day, like, all the time. Like, it was always on TV Some for some reason. Groundhog Day is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. I recently watched it and cried so hard. <laughs> I just couldn't even see through the tears. I love that movie so much. And when I was little, I was like, I think something, like, happened in my brain where I was like, this is a perfect movie. And I always think about that quote from um ira glass about how he saw fiddler on the roof when he was young and he was like everything i do in my life i want to be like this like i wanted to channel what people feel when they see fiddler on the roof and in a weird way i've always kind of felt that way about groundhog day i it's such a random movie to feel that way about but i feel like that movie is everything i love it's a rom-com it's but it's also just about like it's funny it's funny as hell and it's also just like so much goodness at the heart of it. Like, ultimately, it's about being good and and how being good involves your community. I'm going on a major tangent. I love Groundhog Day. <laughs> and and I've said, said that many times on this podcast one of my favorite movies of all time is Hot Rod. So Palm Springs was a perfect movie for me. It was made for me. <laughs> it was made for me. It's so... I loved it so much. It did not disappoint. I went to go see it at a drive-in... It was a perfect summer movie. It's a perfect rom-com. It is a perfect, unfortunately, again, very relevant movie for where we're at in terms of being stuck with one person through everything at a very confusing time. I love it. I loved it so much. And I thought it was a a very light film with like a lot of like heavy subtext, you know, like being trapped with someone forever in a very confusing spiral relevant (laughs) but it feels good i don't know i loved it so much and to have your climax of the film feature cloud busting by kate bush like what am i gonna do say no
1: (laughs) yeah i think it's 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 like a really smart move for them to have attached themselves to that movie because like you you show someone hot rod for the first time and usually like they haven't seen something that abrasively weird uh and it you know I've I've shown friends Hot Rod and they've enjoyed it but they also never asked for more. Like they never they <laughs> were like, never like what else do enough. these guys do? <laughs> <laughs> so like you never get to move on to like Magruber or Popstar or like, you know. And so I think this is like a really good one. To, you're right. Like the match of sensibilities like this is what the lonely island is, but it's also like let's, you know, put that, you know, ecstasy pill in like this nice uh, fruit punch. There yeah, you go. Exactly. S- sweet and yummy.
0: <laughs> Kevin Okay. Who carries the weight of that silver boy?
1: Okay. Uh, I just want to say, first and foremost, uh, I'm incredibly sorry for this pick. Ugh, uh, I, I already, already know what it hate is. hate <laughs> this film. I don't hate it. You hate it. You hate it. Look, I talked about in my honorable mentions, uh, Yalda, A Night for Forgiveness, a film from Iran. Iranian new wave cinema is one of my favorite uh, genres of film, my favorite movements in all of film history. It's all of these uh, insane uh, directors not sticking to uh, narrative styles of the West Uh, It is them basically trying to mix documentary with narrative fiction and trying to blend uh, exact true stories with complete hogwash. And it barely ever happens in the United States because that is just not the shit that either sells. That's not the shit that we are used to. uh, And it's just super alienating. That did not stop the Ross (laughs) Brothers from making bloody nose, empty pockets. Oh, (laughs) God. I love this fucking movie because the best part about it, they don't even tell you in the movie. You have to research the making of this movie to figure out what's actually happening here. Uh, and it's it's so surprising that, like, I almost don't want to tell you what's happening here. Like, just find out on your own. But what happens in Bloody Nose Empty Pockets, it's the last day at a dive bar in Las Vegas. And it's, there's just a camera crew in there from opening to close. And we see... The old drifters enjoying their last uh, whiskey sours and we see the new wave that just chose this dive bar ironically uh, because it was cheap, because it was nasty, because it gave them some sort of purpose. Uh, and you just get to live in this space for 90 to 100 minutes. I found it so valuable. I found it so, uh, like, this is a, a difficult mood to recreate. I went on a road trip like three years ago across the United States and me and my friends, we stopped at this random bar in like the middle of Illinois, like like Nazi Illinois. And oh we God. go inside and we're trying to get like sandwiches and see if they serve food. And there's like a the guy playing guitar in the corner. Everyone looks like they, they don't live anywhere else. They just live at this bar. And I felt like I was intruding on someone's living room. And that is kind of what Bloody Nose Empty Pockets feels like. It is both an intrusion of everyone's privacy, but also inviting you into this clique, this drinking buddy group. Maybe they're not even buddies. Maybe they're just people that ended up next to each other. The the big gimmick when people talk about like their favorite movies of the year this year, it's like, oh, I, you know, I got to... The movies that showed people together felt much more special to me. This is a movie that I feel like was would be special regardless of, of the scenario that we were in. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the vibe. I'm a big fan of the mood. Uh, Aya, why do you hate this movie so much? You've been looking at me with that face for the past minute. I'm so scared. Why do you, why do you hate this movie?
0: <laughs> okay. I saw this film. I saw the picture at Sundance, and I was into it. I thought it was fun. I felt it was too long, so I and I had to leave to catch my flight, lol. Um, yeah. But... I I left and I was like, Oh, I'm sad I didn't get to see the end of the film. I would have loved to see the end. I felt it was far too long. It was like two hours. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I I must go And I texted Kevin and I was like, Oh, I thought that was fine, you know, I thought it was like nice and it was just like too long. Um and I, I get, but again I really liked like you know the verite energy of it of just like feeling like oh these are real people and like as as uncomfortable as it can feel when you're watching people who you know you like inherently disagree with like your politics and everything like that on screen it's kind of interesting to watch them have these debates that you're like oh god i hope i never have to have that debate you know and <laughs> think kevin reveals to me <laughs> it's my least Ruffo. favorite thing in the entire world <laughs>
1: It's an Uh-oh. acting
0: experience, experiment, an acting exercise, <laughs> pardon me, and everyone in the picture are just actors, acting, there's not even a
1: bar, bazinga,
0: I've never been so angry, I was so mad,
1: so mad, the movie does not tell you this, the The, the bar that they keep telling us is in Las Vegas, we, we are not in Nevada, it's
0: in, the, is <laughs> in the valley, where is it?
1: It's in Louisiana,
0: why didn't they just say it was in Louisiana? Uh, why does it have to be vague? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Oh God, I hate this. <laughs> well, I, I, I look. You look at it from then that f- fiction angle, and then it just becomes like the re- like. Oh yeah, this is why Trump won the presidency because that's like the big uh uh specter on the TVs going into this. This is the day before the election, uh, and so you get to see the old fogies talking to the younger kids, and basically the old fogies admitting that we fucked up. And then the younger people in the bar going, yeah, we know. And there's no reconciliation between the two. And yet, and yet, these younger people will continue the habits of their older kin. And, you know, while you're at it, who's to say this is really fake, Aya? Who's to say this is fake? These are not just, like, community actors. Like, these are people that have been uh, scouted out at local bars. And they've been brought together into a single space to just... Uh, share a room and see what happens and when you put all of these people with similar shared experiences into one room and you put them in there for 14 hours it turns out they all kind of become the same person (laughs) so like (laughs) In this weird, like, ethical dilemma way, this movie is almost its own, like, Stanford prison experiment <laughs> where you just give all of these, like, burnouts a bunch of alcohol and then you just let them, like, unleash their feelings onto each other because they don't know each other. They they have kind of, like, the safety to do this. Like, they're all each other's therapists for one night and it's all under this, like, controlled... Uh, not, I guess, yeah, a, a controlled experiment um, that I'm not sure is completely morally right. I'm not completely sure this is a thing that they, the Ross brothers, should have done. <laughs> but, but I think those questions are so fascinating to me, and those are questions that we rarely get to, uh, like ask from our movies you know like wonder woman 1984 comes out oh, and the God. biggest question we have is like why is this movie about apartheid why is this movie about nuclear, nuclear bombs weapons. why is this movie about like <laughs> what wh- what the fuck is happening here why is this like a defense of israel like those are the questions that we, we have to get deal with, it, with major cinema and so for bloody nose empty pockets to raise questions about not just like a weird plot decision or a weird screenwriting choice but just Making you question what you are watching. I find that incredibly refreshing. And baby, I'll take it every time. Let me pick up this silver boy. You get it. Bloody nose, it. empty Bloody pockets. Bloody nose, empty
0: pockets.
1: Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, Aya, okay. okay. Aya. We are here. The big old chunky boy himself. I'm not gonna the lift golden it. But I'm boy gently patting his yeah, no, little booty. I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired. Yeah. He's on <laughs> the floor. Who does this big booty jamma go to? Who wins your golden boy of 2020? Aya, what was the best movie of the year?
0: I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> 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 no, no, favorite, say it with your full chest. My
0: favorite film of the year, which I I I tweeted on January 1st, 2020. If this movie <laughs> isn't like my favorite movie of the year. I throw the whole decade away and folks i mean we'll see about the decade but i did enjoy the film <laughs> my number one it felt wrong to give it to anybody else goes to freaking 2020s emma
1: whoa um, are you interested? did you see
0: the film kevin
1: i'm going to watch it i'm going to watch it sure. i just i just look this type of literature has never done it for me <laughs> it's this 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 setting this period scorsese did one of these and i did not care for it which one so I, the age of innocence
0: right 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 right. Of course, of course of course
1: but here's the thing it's your number one it's your golden boy i'm gonna give this a shot why should i give this a shot tell me about emma
0: obviously i'm very different from kevin and i love a period piece <laughs> um, but i don't i feel like it takes a, a special period piece for me i'm not gonna watch like i'm not gonna consume any period piece because i do find them they can be pretty stuffy, you know. And sure. I was I was trying to explain why Pride and Prejudice from 2005 directed by Joe Wright is like a perfect movie today. And I was just like, you know, it doesn't feel stuffy. It doesn't but it it has the same it carries the same weight of like all your average iconic period pieces without like the stuffiness. Like it still feels new. And the thing about Emma is that it it has it's it it, it almost doesn't feel like, you know, these, these old-fashioned period pieces. It's It feels so fresh in a way while still maintaining, like, the comfort and the ease of diving into a piece of literature that you have read or watched adaptations of many times. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Emma. Clueless is one of my favorite movies. I am a little Emma myself, unfortunately. Um, I love that story to begin with. And so I was prepared. And I mean, like, you know, you put... Anya Taylor-Joy in the flick and she's gonna freaking she's gonna eat okay she's gonna have, mm. she's gonna dine oh, out yeah. on that freaking movie um I do I think Mr. Knightley is hot enough no but he's charming which is fine <laughs> I just thought it was I mean you know Autumn Wilde did something really cool and I think it's very, it's like fashionable, which I think is huge for a film from that depicting that era. Like these people are rich and you need to make them look like it. And I think the fashion is gorgeous. Like the cinematography is beautiful. It tells the story in a, in the same exact fucking way it always has, which is why it's beautiful. Like It's not trying to change up too much, but what it does change up makes it so much more romantic because I do feel like the original Emma can be a little bit formulaic in a way I mean like I don't know if you know the story but like basically it I feel like with Austin her books made the implied so much more romance than she offered and I feel like the films like like um Pride and Prejudice with like have you seen Pride and Prejudice Kev I have not oh my god you hear what I'm dealing with on this podcast with like that final close your ears with that final scene like at dawn of Mr mr darcy walking through the field to her like there's just you feel every second of it and like i feel like it's very sweet the way that they did you know the build up to that final moment between mr knightley and emma where like the film almost kind of distracts you it's about like a bunch of different stuff and you're like you're like wait is she supposed to fall in love and then when it happens it happens with her to you like at the same time you're like oh my god it's always been there why didn't i notice it it's gorgeous. Um, another highly relevant film of just like, you know, we all had to re- go back to the Regency era of <laughs> not <laughs> seeing other people and not touching other people. And I thought that was, it's kind of nice to watch them do it first.
1: Yeah. I, I Maybe my fear of going into this is just like, The promotional materials, it looks beautiful, but it also looks a little, like, rigid and a little cold. And that's always what I get from this kind of period. But what I'm hearing is the opposite.
0: It's not. I mean, and I think that that's, that's like, the hard part about these films and I think a lot of people struggle with is that you're just like, oh, this is white nonsense and it's just, like, going to feel, it's just going to be, like, another period piece, like I said. But no, like, this one, the warmth is there. I mean, Miranda Hart is in it. Like, you're going to have a freaking good time. (laughs) (laughs) bill nye is her dad like there's i feel like where there could be just coldness there's a lot of whimsy like those characters don't need to have that level of whimsy and she she gave that she added so much texture to these characters who are just kind of like you know there to move the plot along but they are so much fun to be had with friggin' miss jane austen and i love emma
1: okay (laughs) I'm sold. I like fun. Now streaming on YouTube Max. I know. I I was um when I was looking for for frames to put in our top 20 of uh, 2020 list uh, on Mary round magazine. Uh I was looking at it and I was just like, "Oh shit, like this this isn't like a like a widescreen. Like there are not black bars on top of it. Like this is taking up my full fucking screen." It feels good, man.
0: Feels good. Feels
1: real, real good. <laughs> good. Like the few seconds I saw that movie it looked like a, I wanted to like slice into it, eat like a it fucking cake. It looks like cake.
0: The whole movie is, is a dessert platter, but it's filling. Ooh. Ooh. The whole movie is a tart.
1: Ooh. I'll take it. I'll take three.
0: Kevin. Okay. All right. The biggest boy. Here we are. The goldenest biggest boy.
1: The golden boy of 2020, the best film of the year. I mean. Look, this was a pretty easy choice for me. I wasn't really juggling between several things. I the, I got forty minutes through this movie and I realized, oh, this is it. This is the one. Wow. Uh, I'm talking about Steve McQueen's lovers. Of course, Rock. of course, a masterpiece. I am goo goo gaga over this movie, Aya. I fucking love this. Look, I said it in Bloody Nose Empty Pockets, but I'll <laughs> say it again. I love a mood. I love a vibe. vibe. Oh my God. Just the audacity of making a feature film that is just a party. That's it. Just observe. Like, it's Mm. not, you know, every like coming of age story or like every college film or there's like, oh, the party scene. No, 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 no. no. You don't understand. You do not understand. The party is the film. (laughs) This is it. Spend your whole movie in this space because this is everything you have to learn about culture, about any given culture you can learn from their parties. And Lover's Rock is just like this incredibly gracious invitational to a party that we uh, have never been to, uh, that we will likely never get to truly experience, uh, and that many people watching this on the Amazon platform uh, will never quite uh, acknowledge be able to acknowledge the full power and beauty of, you know? I I see a lot of reviews for this film go like, man, I can't wait to go up to a party too. I can't wait to dance with my friends. And look, I can't either, but I don't think that we should flatter ourselves in thinking that what our idea of a party no. is and what lovers rock is presenting are the same thing this is a film that is presenting this music as 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 gospel and and these dances as like uh, a church hymns in and of themselves like this is not only like the creation of life this is pure sex this is raw energy but it's also this is how you radicalize uh, a group of not only young adults but grown adults like this is how you get people to truly uh, understand the feeling of a given movement is to get them moshing together to the same song run that shit back four times i want to hear that drop every single time i want to go fucking crazy uh <laughs> And I don't know. It's just like it gets in, in your primal enjoyment feelings. It is, this is a movie that I, I I feel very lucky that we can feel. Recreating a party is, or just a natural uh, room tone is is not easy. I, we went to Chapman, unfortunately. Oh uh, don't remind deeply, me. deeply, unfortunately. Um, but I made a few films at Chapman. Uh, and what I always wanted to challenge myself with was like, how can I just make normal life? Is there a way that you can do that? And- Oftentimes, like, you can shoot guns and, like, pop off squibs and do special effects and, you know, you can do, like, these big monologues and these, like, tense Aaron Sorkin conversations between people. Those are easy. That's, like, the easiest showboating shit that you can do. The toughest shit is getting people in a room to dance. It's getting (laughs) people to drink. It's getting people to eat. It's getting people to sit alone and say nothing. And Lovers Rock is just that. It's just watching people. It, it it gives that experience of both watching people and being with them and getting to feel just a fraction of the ebullience that they get to feel in this one moment of just, uh, uh, uh you know, in their safe space. I don't know. I I think this movie is incredible. Small Acts as a whole, I think, was really disappointing. Oh, I did not really like any of the other films in this series and i think it's because a lot of the films you know especially if we go to mangrove which is like the first film that came out it feels very calibrated for a white audience uh which i found very bizarre it's kind of pedantic in how it shows off these um british experiences of sort of west indies and caribbean and and black individuals uh but all of them are are pretty, you know, like, oh, look what's happening, looking at a board and showing you exactly what's, what's happening uh, throughout history. Whereas Lover's Rock is just full on, drops you in, and gives you like the full virtual reality experience. Yeah, truly. Of, of getting to experience this joy uh, and this collective experience. And that is some tough shit. I don't know how Steve McQueen did this, uh, but he's just, running around this small little living room with a digital camera and just capturing the most erotic, beautiful, uh, and just energetic uh, human just feelings that you can get in a movie. Uh, This is the good, good shit. I love Lovers Rock. It is my golden boy. The
0: golden boy. It was
1: beautiful. Of 2020.
0: Okay, Kevin, well, I have a question for you.
1: Oh, oh. What do you got for me, Aya?
0: Well, I mean... We can't end an episode of I versus the Big Boys without one final. I mean, we've talked about the Golden Boys, but who is your hottest boy of twenty twenty? Who was your oh, hottie no. of the year?
1: I was so scared that you were gonna ask me first. Oh, I was so first. scared. Oh that you're, you're first, ask me
0: buddy. First. I mean let's oh, go.
1: This sucks. Oh my god. This okay, can I ask you a general question? Yes, Kevin. Did you think this was a hot year?
0: Famously yeah, unhot, I-
1: a little, a little underwhelming on the hot scale. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of films where you know people were were wanting to break free of that image. They wanted to dirty themselves up. They wanted to get into the real uh, acting work. And uh, you know, a lot of the films where the people did look hot, they got delayed till twenty twenty one. Exactly, those are g- going to make a lot of money. The studio so films,
0: the-, the hot films, they got to get pushed. You guys see those on the big screen.
1: And uh, who we got this year instead? The Uggos. <laughs>
0: I feel like such a freak for saying. I'm so nervous. Oh, no.
1: Look, I want to. Oh, God. Did you know that there was a Blackpink documentary that came out this year? There was a Netflix Blackpink documentary.
0: Okay, if we're counting K pop, then I'm changing my answer.
1: (laughs) Were they. There was a Netflix documentary called. Blackpink, Light Up the Sky. I hate you. That I found fascinating. You'll see a lot of you reviews did. of this film. You texted film. me
0: very late at night being like, we gotta talk about K-pop.
1: Okay, I don't know why you had to specify it was late at night, but thanks for that. <laughs> I watched this film, and if you read a lot of the reviews for it, it'll kind of shrug it off as like just marketing material for Blackpink. Uh, oh.
0: That did not seem to be the energy of the film. <laughs>
1: This is that is not the energy of this documentary, which is basically watching all of these young women emotionally break down before your very eyes. It is a haunting motion picture, and yet, and yet, there is a moment, There's there is a sequence <laughs> where uh, Lisa of Blackpink mm-hmm. goes thrift shopping and she chooses out the worst, tackiest shit you could ever imagine. I was I wasn't <laughs> thought it was I thought it was he fell in love. so cute. <laughs> I thought it was so hot. I, these I think what made, what drove this film over the edge for me is how much they truly hate their jobs and how much so much they wish they could stuff Pandora back into the box. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, Jenny who starts off the movie's interviews and she says that her best friend is the physical therapist oh, that, that the record so label sad. has meet her every day. That is her best friend in life. They've all been completely secluded, and they're all these little doll products. It's horrific, but here's the thing. In the dock, you do get to see them actually do shit with the money they make and get to like escape for a little bit, Mm -hmm. even though technically, since we are watching and we are are the camera, (laughs) they're not escaping whatsoever. But man, fuck it hottest of 2020 i was gonna go with jude law in the nest because jude law's oh, ass in that, the yeah. nest is so fucking thick it is insane how he wears a pair of jeans but you match one jude law against
0: four blackpinks
1: f- four blackpinks pinks. Uh, sorry judy uh, this is uh, a blackpink 2020
0: We'll have to get you onto the Jen, the Jen Lisa blogs. Don't worry. I got you. Okay.
1: (laughs) I'm so ashamed.
0: (laughs) Okay. So since you said that, since K-pop counts, top three, top three, top three. All
1: right. All right. Top three. All right.
0: Top three. Three, number okay. three, obviously has to go to Mr. Chris Pine in Wonder Woman 1984. Terrible movie. Horrible movie. Nightmare of a film. But that scene where he does the montage in a bunch of different 80s clothing. Um, good. Good. Very Extremely good. Extremely good. And the whole movie should have just been about him uh learning about the 80s. And I don't know why they did anything else. Petro Pascal was good in that. He wasn't hot in it, though number two
1: no he looked weird
0: because you said fucking k-pop and it technically had a theatrical release this year i'm talking about my man kim namjoon (laughs) rm of bts (laughs) in break the silence 2020
1: (laughs) okay that's fair that's fair fair i can't really fight this
0: it was it was a theatrical release i watched the film It was fine. He looked great. He had his... He had good hair. Oh, he had his purple hair, which is my favorite era of him. So actually, like, yeah, really, really good looks. And the entire movie... Okay. BTS and Blackpink, very, very different vibes because BTS is like, they simply vibe like they're very happy to like be living their lives. But the really weird thing about that film is that all of his all of their talking heads were like, oh, I'm so happy to be living my dream. And it's like, it's kind of hard because, you know, like, we're constantly working. We're very busy. And like, I can't see my family very often. But like, you know, it's fine. All of his talking heads were were really weirdly emotional and they all kind of sounded like he just got dumped. Like literally at the very end, he closes it out and he's like, you know, even if I'm not experiencing love right now, at least, you know, we loved each other at one point. And um Oh my God. <laughs> it's so crazy. And it only makes him hotter. Give number two number two. Number two. I'm sorry okay. to RM of BTS.
1: All right. It's a different R.
0: Mr. Robert Pattinson in Tenet. <laughs> there we go.
1: <laughs> Looking like a fucking substitute English teacher. <laughs>
0: oh my god, his little suits. As we said in our episode, he spends the whole damn movie flirting. And if I'm going yes. just based on like how they appeared in their independent films, as I said, RM of BTS, very sad in his movie. Robert Pattinson in Tenet flirting. For two hours. (laughs) It's so hot. I can't... I've already said it all. I've said it all. Mr. Pattinson, I'll watch anything you do.
1: God, I... He is such a force of nature. We've talked about him so much, but, like, I was talking to my friend Will about this a, a few weeks ago, and he is one of those guys where, if he wants to, he can just flip that switch and become the most important actor living on planet Earth. It's true. If he... He could choose to do, he could be a megastar. The highest paid actor in the world if he wanted to. He's just, he has his finger on that switch. He'll do it one day. I don't even think Batman is that moment. I think there's going to be a bigger moment than Batman.
0: What do you? Oh, that man, what's it going to take?
1: A lot of power. A lot of power.
0: What's what's going to break him? Because, I mean, I think he was amazing yeah. in The Lighthouse. He was amazing in Good Time.
1: They're going to remake The Ten Commandments. He's going to be the water that parts. <laughs> <laughs> bigger than Moses. Oh, he's going to be the God. actual money shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to reawaken feelings I had in 2008 and I was And he's only getting, getting hotter. And he's only getting hotter. It's Chris hey. It's it's Robert Pattinson in in Chris Reynolds Ten, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, no. That's a that's a noble that's a noble pick. I think so. I get it. I get it. Uh, look, before we uh, uh, cap things off, I want to ask you, you know, in the last year, I have assembled many potential big boys. Yeah. Uh, we have a master list going of different films that could fit the bill of what a big boy is. In 2020, of course, a lot of the potential big boys got moved to 2021.
0: Of course, yes, yeah, huge.
1: What, of what came out in 2020, though, what do you think is going to be the big boy? What is the movie that ends up on potentially like the IMDb top 250? If not that, like not that rigid uh, structurally, but maybe like what ends up in people's minds culturally for the longest? What, what do you think is going to have the greatest impact from this year? It's Tenet. Do you really think so?
0: Yeah. It has to be.
1: Because the, the word on the streets is not really effusive for Tenet. People are not going crazy for Tenet. People were kind of disappointed by Tenet.
0: They're not. But I I think, like, one, I don't know what else you have, you know? Like, what else have you got?
1: I got one. And I think this is going to be the bigger boy than Tenet in the grand scheme of things. And I'm not happy about it. I'm not thrilled about it. I'm nervous. What is it? But if we look, it's not that bad. I'm really saying enough to be awful. Uh, if we if we look at movies that I've seen talked about on film Twitter like amongst normal people, like amongst just <laughs> this is a film that has gotten a lot of play from like the, like, the gamers, like the also, hedgehog, like, Matt Zoller sites, and like all of like the highly esteemed critics. I really think that the big boy of twenty twenty is going to be Birds of Prey. The I Fantabulous forgot. Emancipation. No, because of I forgot Harley that movie Quinn. came out this year. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think you're in the minority. I really think you're in the minority. Wow. Peep, I see a screen cap from this movie like w- at least once every other day on Twitter. Oh, my God. It is so weird how often... If it, Tenet doesn't have an egg sandwich. No, you know what I I, mean? do,
0: I have Ten- heard about the egg sandwich. I have not watched Birds of Prey. I feel very bad. I'm anti-feminist. Whoa,
1: that, that is not very girl power of you. <laughs> yeah, fa-
0: it's not very girl boss of me, and I'm a famous <laughs> famous misogynist actually.
1: <laughs> I I think this film is going to I I think Tenet is going to be a B-side for Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of people going, "Oh yeah, he just kind of went all in on the most Christopher Nolan-y movie he ever made." And I think a lot of people are going to take that as a big negative. Yeah. I cannot overstate how often I see actual people who like movies <laughs> Talk about this fucking Birds of Prey movie. That
0: makes sense.
1: All they did was basically repeat Deadpool. And I guess that's just what people wanted.
0: It literally is what people... That's what people want with the girlies. That's what people want. I was just thinking about that. I was like, what happened to all the people who love Deadpool? And I'm like, oh, they've elevated themselves to the girlies.
1: Birds of Prey has like the underdog story. It underperformed at the box office and then became sort of like, it, it's like weirdly people consider it like a cult classic and like the more trivia that comes out about it, people like it more like the fact that the fight scenes are choreographed by the John Wick director. That's cool. It's, it's an odd film that keeps getting a new breath of life at the end of every month. It is very bizarre and I think it's going to keep going because as these DC movies, uh, the Snyder Cut is coming out in a few months. Uh, oh. We just had Wonder Woman 1984 do whatever it did to us. Uh, I think these are, you know, some of the few blockbusters that remain. Uh, and now that we're just going to get kind of a slew of kind of bullshit, this is the one that people have latched on to that is like, oh no, this is one of the good ones. Like we're putting this in next to like Mad Max: Fury Road. Like this is what studio filmmaking can be. And I'm, I, I, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, but I think this might be the one that does it. Did Ma come out know. this
0: year, or was that last year?
1: That was last year, unfortunately. It would have had a really good Maw slams.
0: <laughs> no, I think the reason I think it's Tenant is because only because like I, th- and I don't know if it's because I, don't, I I don't think it's because of its quality or anything. I think because mm-hmm. of its just its story, like 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 the whole like he's trying to force it out, you know the it's the only movie that people will remember from quarantine of 2020 like the it's the 2020 quarantine movie it's the one that everyone saw on like streaming or like really wanted to see but like didn't make it out or like managed to go see it at a drive-in like i think that's a really good point yeah so i think that like as much as i i totally see what you mean about birds of prey I think that the first three months of 2020 will be so forgotten that, like, even if it is a notably remembered film, I think Tenet will be the 2020 TM remembered film. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because I I listened back to our Tenet episode to kind of, like, refresh on what I thought about it. Um, And I remember saying that, like, it's something that I, I, I still partially agree with, but I do see how it's being disproven in real time, where that movie... In in no time is going to be separated from the means with which it was released. Mm -hmm. Like when we think about Tenet in like the next few years, we're like it's gonna be a fun trivia note that it was like, Oh, and by the way, Christopher Nolan thought it was gonna revive movie theaters. As we move like inch by inch into twenty twenty one, that fact about the movie almost becomes more and more cemented in the actual text of the movie itself. Exactly, yeah uh yeah and you know i i I was pretty adamant that it wasn't gonna happen but you know what it's kind of happening
0: that because it's it's more than just i mean it's barely the film anymore like there's it's barely like that movie it's like oh this is the movie that he pushed on (laughs) us. like this is the movie that came out that year kevin are you ready to say farewell to 2020
1: oh i was ready midway through i was ready at in fucking february before any shit happened
0: (laughs) we did it joe (laughs) I'm numb. <laughs> numb. I'm like, people are like, oh, I think 2021 is gonna be like this. I think 2021. I'm like, why the hell? Why in the gosh darn hell would I make predictions about in the, the middle fuck? of unprecedented times? I'm good. I'm tired. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna lay freaking low. I'm gonna make this podcast. I'm gonna continue to watch whatever content BTS gives me. I'm
1: <laughs> just gonna make it through the year. A real fun time to be alive in this world, but hey, 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 let's we get to watch some movies that make people realize they love movies, and you know what? Beautiful. A lot of the time, it actually works on us, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thank God for it.
1: I. Uh, Do you want to hit him with the rigmarole that you do so well? Kevin, I'm,
0: I'm excited to do 2021 with you, buddy. All right. Thanks for listening to Aya versus the big boys versus the golden boys. Please rate, review, and subscribe this episode and this podcast. Please. Subscribe to the Mary Graham Mad Magazine Patreon. Please uh, follow Mary Graham Magazine on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Please follow me at I-L-H-M-N on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow Kevin at Kevin Cookman on Twitter and Instagram. Diamond in the Jukebox Friday nights. Um, gosh, what else is going on, baby? Uh, I don't know.
1: It's a fresh new year at the website. We got a ton year. of new writers coming in, a ton of fresh material. We're really excited with where the website is going to go. Uh, Aya and I, as editors, are just pumping out some really interesting shit with some people content, that content,
0: w- content. want
1: to do interesting shit, uh, and we're all for it. Uh, it's it's fun stuff over there.
0: Uh, yeah, subscribe to this freaking podcast, and I think that's enough for you right now. <laughs> 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 and stream my BTS C-Shanty playlist on <laughs> Okay. Okay.
1: All right. We're cutting her off. Happy we're cutting her off. Happy
0: 2021. Don't be mad. Don't be mad at me. No, 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 no. Daddy, no even if I wanted, don't be mad, don't be mad at me. No, no,
1: no, no. I miss what you were saying. I was miles away. Don't be mad, don't be mad. Now like I got a choice. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. Boys, boys, boys! I was busy about boys, boys, boys.